0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today on the Lifescaping for the Believer podcast. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Dylan Stevens, and I'm so excited that you're here. This right here is where we focus on beautifying and enhancing the life that God has given you. Beyond just calling yourself a Christian, what does it mean to walk intimately with God through Jesus, and how do we live an empowered life by the Holy Spirit? I promise you that your life on earth is so much more valuable and important than just acquiring a ticket to heaven. Though that's the best part, it's not the only part of the upward calling of Jesus Christ. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and be sure to share this with somebody who needs to hear the Word of God today. Well, thanks for joining me, everybody, on the broadcast, the Lifescaping for the Believer podcast. I got a great episode for you guys today, and before we get started, I actually want to make a couple announcements. So as you may or may not know, I also run a landscape business, hence the reason why the podcast is called Lifescaping. I do landscaping. You can kind of see the play on words. That being said, my busy season is right around the corner and the Lord has called me to do a lot of things with this landscaping business this year. And um, as of the last, you know, since the start of the year, I've been pushing to do three episodes every single week, but the last couple of weeks has been a little bit more difficult as things are starting to pick up with my season. And so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to back down to one time a week, but a little bit longer episode. And the reason I want to do that is number one, I don't want to rush through these episodes. I really do want to be able to pour into my listeners and be able to lift you guys up with what God is speaking and what God is doing now and how to help build you guys up as you move forward in your walk with Christ and make ripple effects in the kingdom of God. So as far as today, I want to give you three real reasons why your prayer and quiet time, you know, the, the traditional quiet time that everybody talks about, why this is not only a requirement as a Christian, but it's a necessity. Now, after this episode, I'm really hoping that you'll begin to dive into a quiet time like you've never experienced and you've never Pursued in your life, because as as I came, as the Lord drew me closer and closer, you know, the, when I actually surrendered my life to Christ in 2017, I had a huge decision to make. You know, I could look at how, you know, seventy plus percent of of you know claiming Christians live in the United States, but it would be a sham and it would be a shell of a christian walk because the truth is that many christians are sunday christians and i hate saying that because i don't want to you know i don't want to dog anybody and i'm not thinking of anybody in particular i'm just saying as a trend and if you look at our country compared to the rest of the world it's it's very clear that there is a that there's a separation between christians who are diving deep into their personal intimacy with jesus christ and those who are just attending church one time a week and you can see the difference in how they live and their productivity and their success and that is what i wanted i i didn't want to be a part of the trend that christianity is truly a weekend thing where it's like i'm gonna go to church on sunday but i'm gonna you know i'm gonna live like heaven one day a week and live like hell six days a week and call it good call it even you know i broke even I didn't want to break even Christianity and I don't want that for you guys either and so tonight I want to paint a picture of why your quiet time should be the most exciting time of your day of your week the most refreshing time the most intimate time the most calming time the most lifting up time the most encouraging time I mean everything you know when the when the when the bible describes the fruit of the spirit right love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness those things you can begin to see them taste them and experience them in your quiet time because the spirit will wash over you in a fresh new way every single time every single time it never gets stale when you come before the presence of the lord and i'm going to i'm going to prove it to you i'm going to show you Right here, right now in this episode, why this is going to rock your world. Your quiet time is going to be the best that it's ever been. You're going to receive more. You're going to have more revelation. And you're going to fall in love with your Father in Heaven all over again. So let's get into this thing. First thing first. Number one of why your quiet time is crucial. It is the fullness of joy. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 16. All right, This is going to be our key verse for what it means to live in the fullness of joy and experience the fullness of joy in our quiet time. Knowing this verse right here, you're going to go back to your quiet time time and time again. It's not going to be a... I'll get to it when it comes. No, it's going to be, this is the most exciting and refreshing and joyful time of my day where I am communing with my Father in heaven. The fullness of joy. Psalm 16, verse 11. It says this. You reveal the path of life to me, and in your presence is abundant joy, and at your right hand are eternal pleasures forevermore. All right? I'm going to read it in different translation, too, because I want you to hear it in a couple different ways. Okay? So check this out. This is from the NLT. Psalm 16, verse 11. I'm I'm in... My bad. I'm in Psalm 116. Started reading it, and I was like, oh, well really screwed up this translation. Okay. All right, chapter 16. My goodness. the Longest time ever to get to a verse. Here it is. Verse 11. You'll show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forevermore. Now, guys, I don't know if you know this, but any time throughout Scripture that God revealed himself fully to someone and the presence of the Lord was manifest before someone... It was magnificent. Look at how Moses' face was glowing to the point. When, he, when the presence of God manifests himself, when God manifests his presence before Moses and the fullness of his presence. I mean, you know, you re- read this verse for what it is. It says, you'll show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence. Okay. Okay. Now when Moses experienced the presence of the Lord it was so the magnitude was so heavy that his face began to glow to the point where the rest the everybody else couldn't even look at him the rest of the Israelites couldn't even look at the face of Moses because of how bright it was and how the magnitude of the reflection of the presence of God And right here, we have a clear promise that the fullness of joy can be experienced in the presence of God. The fullness of joy. So let me ask you a question. If you're somebody who is battling anxiety or depression or anger or any of these things that contradict the fruit of the Spirit, may it be that you're not spending enough time in the Spirit with Holy Spirit. In other words, the one thing that combats all of those things is the fullness of joy. If you're not full, then something else can sneak in. If your glass is only half full, then that means the other half is going to be full of the anxiety, depression, and all that kind of stuff. And you know what sucks about it is everything settles to the bottom. So if you even think about pouring a glass of water, and if you, let's say that water is joy. You pour the joy in. Well, it's only going to fill the bottom to the halfway point. And then all of a sudden anxiety, depression gets put on top of joy and joy never makes it to the overflowing. Everything that overflows is depression and anxiety and thoughts of anger and thoughts of rejection and all these different things. Joy never makes it to the top. So it's either all joy or it can be 99% joy and those one, 2% thoughts of anxiety and depression will always be what flows over first. So the fullness of joy, is; it should be your pursuit. It says in the book of Isaiah that God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. So if you claim to be a Bible-believing, Christ-confessing Christian, there's no way you can praise and not be joyful. You can't pray. You're not going to see anybody, Amazing grace, how sweet. You're not going to see that. People when you praise it automatically lifts your spirits and the lord sits enthroned on the praises of his people so if you want to truly battle the 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 attempt of the enemy to put anxiety in your life depression in your life to put opportunities to become depressed or or anxious the fullness of joy is at your fingertips if you'll submit and contend for the Holy Spirit to move and manifest himself to you as you sit before the Lord. You, I haven't even talked about opening the Bible and reading yet. I'm just talking about sitting with the Lord and saying, Father, you made a promise to me that the fullness of joy can be experienced and that you would show me the way of life. So Father I'm 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 right here I'm surrendering to you and I'm positioning myself before you and you just meditate on this one promise the fullness of joy is yours and in Isaiah Father you are sitting enthroned on my praises so I'm going to begin to praise you it doesn't that that verse says nothing about well Lord I know that there's a lot of depressing things going on right now and I lost this and I you know my job and covid and but you know I just want you to sit enthroned on the praises that I can offer no you praise, you praise, you praise, you praise, and it will lift everything around you. It'll lift your spirit, your mentality. It'll lift your your eyes. It's always lifting. God never lets someone settle in the dust. He always elevates them and lifts them. As they begin to praise and as they submit and they obey the word of the Lord, the, their spirits are, it's just... It, it happens automatically their spirits are lifted and that is what I want for you guys. That is the number one thing that I think m- the majority of Christians lack is just simply the fullness of joy you know and and I, I absolutely love the church that I grew up in you know the family I grew up in I love them I love them to death. I was submerged in the word of God all the time around godly people but the truth is that in the church I grew up in, Hell was preached more than heaven. The things I should fear were instilled in me more than the things that should bring me joy. And I remember I was baptized several times because I, I was I was more scared of hell than I was excited about heaven. I was more angry that I that I had sin in my life that kept coming around versus the overcoming triumphant spirit of a born-again believer. And my focus was totally backwards. Because I had no idea what the fullness of joy meant. And I I had no idea what it brought to the table. I had no idea the kind of weapon it was. I had no idea what kind of security it brought. Man, you know what? I feel the spirit on that right there. That the fullness of joy brings a level of security to your life. That you don't have to worry about the next anxious thought that's going to come. Because it won't come when you are full and overflowing. It also says in the book of Psalms that my cup runneth over, because you are my great Shepherd. I believe it's Psalm. Pretty sure it's Psalm 119. Maybe it's Psalm 19. It's one of the Psalms. But your cup runs over in the fullness of joy, and I hope you're grasping this 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 uh, this truth of full. I'm not talking about experiencing joy I'm talking about joy overtaking you Jesus came and the Bible says That he came and overcame the world Well, what's a part of the world? Depression, anxiety, anger Fits of rage, jealousy, sexual immorality You know, rejection All of those things are tied in with the world Who came and overcame the world? Jesus, who took the keys of death it says in colossians that he that he literally picked you up out of darkness colossians 1:13 that he has transferred you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son that god literally picked you up you know that song picked me up turn me around and set my feet on solid ground that is that, that's what it draws on is colossians 1:13 I'm telling you guys, the fullness of joy is a truly underestimated and underutilized truth to wrap your life around. You know, David said in Psalms that, I have hidden your word in my heart, O God, that I may not sin against you. Start to embed these promises in your heart. Write them in stone on your heart write them in concrete let it set and never forget it bury it in your mind so that so that you can move from somebody who dealt with anxiety to someone who has had an anxious thought to now someone who doesn't even consider anxiety as a threat it is under my feet i have overcome because christ overcame the world fullness of joy number two and this is an important one as well, obviously. If it's a part of the three, it's pretty important. But it's transforming and sustaining. Your quiet time is where the majority of your transformation happens. And when I mean the majority, I mean what happens behind closed doors may be the most important. No, not even it is the most important thing that happens besides your public confession of faith. What you do behind closed doors with the Father in heaven, who sees in secret, it determines the level, the quality. I, that's, that's how I want to say it. It determines the quality of the Christian life that you live. The whole book of Matthew, or the whole chapter of Matthew 6 talks about when you give, the Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, the Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you fast, the Father who sees in secret will reward you. Why is it all in secret? Because true intimacy with Christ is birthed behind closed doors. You can't boast your way there. You can't pride your way there. You can't gift your way there. You can't fast your way there it has to happen behind closed doors where nothing but authenticity can take place romans 12 2 says don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and as something is renewed it's also refreshed it's re-energized and it's renewed it has a brand new life a brand new perspective and i feel that the spirit on that too what would it feel like to have a brand new perspective to to basically see the world the way that God sees the world because he wrote down he wrote it down in his word holy and divinely inspired by God wrote down what it looks like to view the world from God's eyes and as you can as you write the word of God on your heart and hide it in your heart that you may not sin against him the transformation begins to happen because as you commit your life quietly and secretly to the Lord behind closed doors in public, he will reward you. He'll put you above others. He will literally, he he will raise you up because of your commitment to stay faithful to him in the quiet and stillness of your heart. And some people will say, oh, well, God wouldn't raise you up, but yes, he will. Because the word of God also says that he searches, he searches the earth diligently looking for one that is righteous. And what does Matthew six thirty three says? Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. Now, why would he say that if that's not what he's looking for? God is looking for righteous men and women that he can use for his purposes on the earth. And in doing so, Your life, the quality of your life exponentially grows. It just does. Because what else does the book of Matthew say? That God is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. To his children. And children are obedient. If you want a life that is transformed and truly transformed by the word... You know, what does it say in Hebrews chapter 4? That the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting through both flesh and spirit, bone and marrow. It'll affect your daily life, your physical body, your mental health. It'll affect your spiritual life. It'll build you up. It will plant your feet literally on solid ground. It's the lamp to your feet, a light unto your path. It sustains you beyond anything else man cannot live on bread alone but by every word from the mouth of god isn't it funny that the one thing that sustained jesus in the wilderness for 40 days wasn't the fact that he could turn a rock into bread he could if he wanted to you know when satan said turn this this rock into a loaf of bread jesus didn't say oh well you know you know i can't do that i'm you know i'm, I'm human now you know i'm i'm no he was—he was, He's 100% God, 100% man. He didn't deny that he could do it. He said, no, because man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that cometh from the mouth of God. And Jesus purposefully combated everything that, that the devil threw at him with scripture. Not angels, not lightning, not fire from heaven. Scripture alone was threw the enemy down and satan never once he never once argued with jesus he just changed the subject (laughs) you know he knew he knew 100 percent. as soon as jesus spoke and spoke the truth and spoke the word of god that was the end that's where it ended that is the end of the road so why would it be any different for you you can use scripture to throw the enemy off its course to literally toss them overboard. (laughs) So whether it's sin in your life, whether it's bad relationships, whether it's disobedience, no matter what it is, the word of God can position you to be sustained by the father and completely transformed. You guys, I'm telling you because I know from experience, I remember, um, you know, I used to, I used to be a huge vapor. You know, I vaped a lot. And the thing is, I don't even know how I got into it. I couldn't really even remember or tell you, I hate cigarettes. I just, I I thought it was a cool thing to do. So early in college, I started doing it and it was stupid. It was awful. It it drained my bank account. And I got into that drinking, partying, all those different things. And in 2017, when God wrecked my life, he started to point out, Dylan, you've got to separate from these things. And I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, well, can you just take it away from me? And he said, look in your hand. And I'm, I'm the one holding the vape, not, not Holy Spirit. I'm the one holding the vape in my hand. So whose choice is it to move sin out of my life? Is it my choice or is it Holy Spirit's choice? They're already wanting me to move on, but because Holy Spirit's a gentleman, because God is a good father, he's not going to position you in a place where you won't take obedience as a responsibility. He won't move you from that place. So until you come to the point where your faith trumps over your sin, you'll never move forward. It'll either happen miraculously, or it'll happen the hard way. And so I finally, one night, I'm talking to a few of my friends, and we're, I'm sitting there going, "Man, I, I just I want to get rid of it." And literally, the Holy Spirit said, "Then get rid of it." And so I remember walking over to my balcony. I took that vape and I threw it in a pond that was behind my apartment. I threw it in the deepest part that it would hit. Never to be seen again. And I felt this relieving sensation come over me. And I was never addicted again. The thoughts crossed my mind. But at that point, I knew it was out of my life. And I believed God for it. And it was done. And I never looked back. Same thing with drinking. Same thing with parting. I mean, it just, you separate from sin as the word of God saturates your life. The expulsive power of a new affection. All right, number three. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. Number three is this, and I want you to write these down. Fullness of joy is number one, transforming and sustaining power. And number three, prayer is your power. A very cliche saying, I know, but I want you to hear it from my spirit. Prayer is power. You harness power when you pray. I know for a fact that I had no idea how to pray. And in fact, I'm still seeking the Holy Spirit to enhance my prayer life. Whether it's speaking in a heavenly language, whether it's interpretation of spirits, whether it's meditation on the word of God. Any method that I can do to pray, I take advantage of it. Because prayer is truly power. It's your divine connection between you and your Father in heaven. Scripture says, draw near to me and I'll draw. You know, it says, God says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Well, how do you draw near to him? Pray to your Father in heaven who sees in secret position yourself before the father. Proverbs says the beginning of knowledge or excuse me, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And the reason I say that is because when you position yourself before the Lord in a in a in a prostrate posture where you are it's almost like you're back in the garden of Eden. You're naked before the father. You are completely vulnerable and you just say, "Father, Use me, empower me, encourage me, strengthen me, contend for the, for the father to enter your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will. Prayer is power. <laughs> hmm. And uh, right now I'm looking for, um, I wrote down a few verses and I, I was just looking through them, you know. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be open to you. You know? So pick, pick one and see it happen. Ask. Just ask the Father. And it'll be given to you. Seek which is an, a call to action, which means open your Bible, read, which means find people that have the Holy Spirit and follow them. That means attach yourself to healthy spiritual people. That means surround yourself with godly music and influence. Seek and you will find. If you want to know something, find the person who knows it. Knock and it will be open to you. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive... <laughs> I want you to I want you guys to hear this. Ask whatever in prayer and you will receive it. Not you can receive it, you might receive it. What is the old saying that God answers in three ways, yes, no, and wait? Not true. Ask and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it. But here's the catch. If you have Don't over don't over or underestimate faith. I'm telling you guys, prayer is power. When you have God standing with you, nothing can stand against you. And the funny thing is, you don't even have any enemies. When the Lord is for you, who can be against you? Meaning, you don't even have an enemy because they don't even stand a chance. When you say someone's your enemy... It, it means that, that you're fighting with him. But the word of God says that my enemy is under my feet. And I go from glory to glory. I'm holy as God is holy. I'm set apart. So there's no, there's no, there's no battle. Okay. The end game is settled, written in stone. Prayer is power attach yourself to people who pray walk and talk with people who are heavy in prayer life read books on developing a healthy prayer life a deep prayer life seek the gifts of god paul says in one of his letters to seek the gifts like treasure says to seek i'm trying to think of the the actual phrasing but without putting my foot in my mouth, he says to seek the best gifts. And then he goes on to say, especially that you prophesy. Prayer is truly your power. It's a weapon. Your voice brings things. You know, what, what's what's literally the part? The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that God's will does not happen here on earth unless people contend for it and pray for it? You think I'm crazy, but it's true. Because God does not just upend and make random things happen because he thinks it's fun or just because he likes to throw twists and throw wrenches in the cogs and, and just move stuff around this isn't a chess game to him his first love is people is the image of himself that he created in you living in relationship with you in relationship and you can't force that relationship so god looks for people who are obedient to him powerful in prayer that bring the will of god to earth All right, all of this is to do one thing, you guys, to build up your spirit, man. That's what I want to end with. So you've got the fullness of joy, transforming and sustaining power, and the prayer, or excuse me, and prayer is your power. Pray for faith, pray for whatever you want, but pray without ceasing, as the Bible says. This is to build up your spirit, man. Here's what I want you guys to walk away with. You honestly have two beings in you. You have your fleshly being and you have your spirit. You feed both of them every single day. And I can guarantee you that the majority of the time, your flesh gets the most food. The most act- all of the actual food you eat goes straight to your physical form. doesn't feed your spirit at all. doesn't matter. Talking feeds your spirit. Why do you think prayer is your power? Using your tongue. Speaking is what fuels your spirit. Why do you think the psalmist said, Guard your heart above all else, because from it flows the wellspring of life. Speaking is what fuels and ignites your spirit. So, what builds up your spirit, man. So who, who would you speak to if you, could, if you had one person that you could speak to to build up your spirit more than anyone else, who would it be? God. Holy Spirit. Talk to him without ceasing. Build your spirit man up. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your career. Pray for your friends, your church, your finances. Everything you can think of, lift up to the Father in heaven and watch him make things happen. As you put your faith on a target you'll see that thing come toward, come to. Well, guys, I hope this has been encouraging to you. I really do hope you share this with somebody who needs to hear it because there needs to be a place of truly pouring out to the Father in the quietness of our lives. With that being said, let me pray for you, and we're out heavenly father i do thank you i love you i love each and every listener i'm so thankful that people choose to get on to listen and to let the spirit of god to let your spirit to let your word saturate them here and now i thank you for it i pray it never slows down that it only goes up from here i pray that you would move in a mighty way in their life i pray that obedience would come first so that we can see your blessing and the relationship with you come exponentially grow. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray against any lack. I pray against any confusion, any anxiety, any, anything that is not of you, Father. I pray that it is done today in the mighty name of Jesus. Any sin that's in our life. I pray that it would be removed in Jesus' name and that we would fall at your feet in obedience and see miracles happen. We thank you. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.